G'day, everybody. Welcome along. It is episode 10 of the Motor Focus Model Podcast, where we talk about model cars, model trucks, and all sorts of stuff. I'm Aaron Noonan. Dimitri Camino from Motor Focus is with me. Greetings to you, fine sir. We are on the road without being on the road to Bathurst this year, which is a little bit of a strange thing. We'll cover off a bit more about that very soon, but it's a good time of year. We've got motor racing on, we've got Bathurst coming, and there's lots of model cars to talk about. So, mate, let's pull into it. In the just-arrived list at Motor Focus up there in Queensland, you've got a lot of supercar stuff rolling in the door. Yeah, hi, Noons, and hello to our listeners. Um, it's been a massive fortnight with new releases coming in. It's like a V-double pulled up out the front. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunately it's part of our industry where we get absolute peaks and troughs, and um, you know it's it's when it rains it pours and it's rain it's been raining pretty hard. So, uh, authentic collectibles um, have uh, released a heap of one eighteen scale supercars. So I'll, I'll give a, a bit of a rundown on them. So uh, Tim Slade and Ash Walsh's VF Commodore from two thousand and sixteen. Uh, Sandown 500, it was a retro livery. Uh, I believe it was, I mean, it's a, it's a red and white one. I think it must have been based on... It was a Freightliner uh, corporate, um, I think it was a Freightliner 75th anniversary or thereabouts in Australia off the top of my head. But it wasn't a retro livery from the point of view of a uh, famous car or a famous mm-hmm. name that BJR have done uh, on other occasions because, remember, they did the, the Norm Beachy cars there and they've done the Aussie Mail Falcons and they've done uh, the Cooper Tools Oscar. Um, yeah, they've done plenty, actually, over the years, but that was a bit of a unique one that it wasn't uh, quite what uh, what everybody was expecting them to be. Yeah. Uh, next one, Fabian Coulthard's DJR Team Penske Pertec Falcon. Uh from the 2016 Phillip Island. So that one had never been done. So they're plugging gaps here. Uh, Marcus Ambrose, DJR, Tim Penske, number 17, Worth, Ford FGX Falcon from the 2015 Australian Grand Prix. Then we had Chaz Mostert, James Moffat's Super Chip Auto Racing Falcon FGX. Uh, that was the 2018 Vodafone Gold Coast 600 winner. And it comes with the winning surfboard trophy, which is really cool. Uh, next one, Jason Bright, Andrew Jones, VF Commodore from the secu- uh, 2016 Sandown 500. Now, that was a retro livery. And that was the retro livery of the Cooper Tools Oscar. So it was the, the red with the white numbering, like Brad used to race at the Thunderdome back in the day. Remember when he used to win like a gajillion races every year? That was that, was that one. Long time ago? Yeah, very long time ago. Uh, next one, Todd Hazelwood's Matstone Racing. Uh, this one is the Commodore from 2017 Development Series Championship win. So it's something a little different and has been super popular. Uh, Cam Waters, Richie Stanaway, Monster Energy Racing's 2017 Sandown 500 winner. Another massive seller for us. Uh, rounding off their supercar releases was a, it's called the DNA of VF Celebration Livery on the Holden VF. Now, can you fill us in with that one? I think there was a bit of a one-off because the VF Commodore had become the most winning Commodore in championship history and surpassed the VE uh, for most race wins. It's a bit of a, a generic uh, special VF 
celebration livery that um, was kind of a way to make another VF Commodore that wasn't a VF race car livery, but it's a, um, a tip of the lid to the, the results and the achievements of the VF Commodore from when it was introduced in, what was that, 2013 to supercars when Carl Future came in and then obviously it ran right through to the end of, well, 2017 as a main car and the ZB came along after that. So it's a little bit of a unique special one if you're a Holden fan. There's probably actually one that we might have skipped in the list was the Will Davison uh, Techno Woodstock Commodore from 2017, the championship uh, car that Will drove there. So a couple of those I reckon will be really sought after. And you said about the monster car being a, a big favourite. It's a, it's a winner of a major endurance race. Obviously, that's going to help. Todd Hazelwood, there's plenty of Todd Hazelwood fans out there. He's, of course, having a, a breakout year with Brad Jones Racing, but it's a it's a Super 2 Series winning car. So anytime you can have something that's won a title, it's going to get a lot of interest. I reckon the Jason Bright Andrew Jones a retro car, looking like the Oz car, will get a lot of love. Marcus Ambrose, that car you mentioned, the Worth car, that's his last full-time car because, remember, after that event, he stepped out. He, he made the call and said, oh, I'm going to step back, and he did the Enduros, but Scott Pye took over for the rest of 2015. So there's some really good ones in there that I reckon will get people up and about jumping, and they'll have to pounce on them pretty quickly. Yeah, they certainly will. They're, they're all super low production numbers, and a lot of places are already sold out, so... You know, again, we don't want to sound like the broken record, but pre-ordering is really important going forward. Um, so many of our cars that we've just mentioned are already sold out. So people are going to be on the hunt for them already. We say this all the time, though, Dimitri, and people need to start bloody listening. When we say pre-order, pre-order, because then you won't miss out. You make sure you lock yourself in and they make the model uh, manufacturers, I should say, the quantities that you're going to need because, of course, if you don't get in fast, you snooze, you lose. Uh, some more just arrived from Bianti, and if you like your VN Commodores, uh, one for the road, one for the racetrack, Peter Brock 05 Mobile Commodore, which, by the way, was a Perkins Engineering built-and-run car uh, from 1991. So this is the Touring Car Championship car that uh, the Bathurst car that he drove with Andrew Medici has been done. This is the championship livery. Of course, he'd been away with BMWs and Sierras. But if you like a roadie, there's a, a roadie as well. Yeah, that's right. So along with, like you say, the, the race car, they've released a, a VNSS Group A Commodore in Alpine White. Now, I believe this one is the re representation of the very first one that Holden put together before they actually went into production with the uh, jury red version. Well, I think off the top of my head, and this might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the pilot, there were a couple of pilot cars built for VN Group A SS Commodore Road cars, and that one of them was Alpine White, and it later became a Bathurst 12-hour car in the hands of Peter Fitzgerald, the Goodyear Tyres 12-hour uh, car in 92. I think that's, that started its life as a prototype car, so I'm thinking it, it, may, have, uh, it may have been in a very similar colour. Now, there's a cool Code 3 to uh, make out. Ah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, we've got some photos in the archives here at work. If anyone's looking to get their hands on uh, the photos to help them do a Code 3 of a, a VN 12-hour car, we've got them not just of the Goodyear car, but of some of the other cars from 1992 as well. Uh, classic collectibles, a couple of Bathurst cars from the 80s uh, just arrived too. Yeah, I really love this, this first one, uh, the Alan Grice Colin Bond Holden VH Commodore, which is a 1983 Bathurst third place. That was the STP car. Yep. So really cool looking livery and, uh, again, something a little different. 
massive brake problems with that car in the race in 83. So uh, I'm not sure if they've replicated the uh, leaking brake fluid or anything like that on the model car. But uh, the, the other one ha- had its own problems in 85 at Bathurst. It's the Dick Johnson, Larry Perkins Mustang. That's the car that Larry had to limp back to the pits with a wheel hanging off the side because uh, it was being held in by the wheel guard because it wasn't put on correctly. But that is the one and only Larry Perkins Ford Bathurst race car. And it's uh, been brought out by Classics. Yeah, so this is their third release of the uh, Ford Mustang in that era. So this uh, this is the 1985 car, like you say. So similar to the 86, but um, like you say, it's, it's got its own significant uh, pieces of history there. Let's move into pre-order land now. And uh, Classic Collectibles have been pretty busy too. If you like your FC Holdings, there's a... Uh, an FC that's on the way. Yeah, correct. So uh, big news here from Classic Collectibles. Um, it's almost worthy of a drum roll, but we don't have one. So <laughs> I can make one. Roll. Hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Our audio guru, Will, okay. is seeing the podcast okay. right now. Will, hit the drums. That was All it. Right. That was it. There you go. Yeah, so... so the, the big news from Classic Collectibles is a Holden EH panel van. Oh, nice. Yeah, so this one's uh, die-cast, opening bonnet, doors and rear tailgate. Now, they're planning a series of these uh, called the Tastes of Australia. So the first one we're going to see is the, it's sort of a dark red colour with Arnott's biscuits on the side. Tasty. Following that will be your favourite uh, breakfast, um, Vegemite. I hate Vegemite. My wife does not understand, but I hate Vegemite. All right. Your, your favourite... I'm sure it'll be a nice model car, though. Your next one, Kellogg's. It'll be a Kellogg's livery. That's and okay. then a Rosella one. Tomato sauce. Yeah. So that's, that's what they're planning there. So big news. We've got, got that available for pre-order. Uh, the first one, the Arnott's Biscuit one. So you'll find that on our website now. Uh, going back to uh, the other news there was the Holden FC... Uh, in the Cape Ivory over India Ivory, and a Ford XT GT Falcon in the jet black colour. So great models, excellent detail, um, ones to uh, definitely get on there. And these earlier model cars, the older generation Holdens, model collectors have been hanging out for this sort of stuff for a little while, and now it's starting to flow through. Yeah, that's right. Look, classics have have decided uh, that they're going to keep using their, their older moulds and you know, not over, overuse them, but, you know, maybe once or every couple of years they'll release one of their previous moulds in a new colour, which, which is a great sort of strategy for them to, um, you know, keep something on our shelves of, of some of those historic Australian uh, road cars. Plenty of stuff to keep everybody enthused with what's just arrived and what will arrive down the track. Of course, we always say... Get your pre-order forms out and uh, lock yourself in to make sure that the quantities get produced that you, you would like to make sure that you pick up some of those cars to, uh, to add to your collection. Of course, motorfocus.com.au on the website's the place to go. $10 shipping. Join the Collectors Club. 5% discount to anyone who joins up and starts spending some money. It's a, it's a fantastic way to go about collecting your model cars. But you don't just deal in model cars, Dim. There's all sorts of other little bits and pieces in the motor focus world as well. And uh, we must say thank you because you're one of the stockists of our uh, books that we've been releasing. And there's, a, there's one that's popped up on the radar that we haven't done. But I reckon this is going to go really well. And none of these races were held in Australia 
but a book on the Wellington street races. Anyone who is a, a fan of the 80s or 90s of touring car racing, I'm sure you remember, uh, Channel 7 piggybacking the coverage from New Zealand TV, there's been a book released on the history of the Wellington street race. So I reckon this is going to go really well. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of cars that we've seen in Australia go over there with slightly different liveries or, or tweaks. So th they're always interesting to look at from a model perspective of uh, maybe some variations that um, we, can, we can see in model form one day. Yeah, that's a really good point too because a lot of local businesses supported teams over there or the local arm of the bigger business that supported teams. I mean, there were times where uh, Dick Johnson raced his shell cars in New Zealand but with Fletcher Steel on them and other sponsors that he didn't normally run in Australia and um, the shipping companies that helped get the cars there had stickers on the car so that made them unique to anything that we saw in Australia but it's a, a new book it's on the it's the Wellington Street Races from 1985 uh, right through the last one in 1996 that Greg Murphy won when there were a dozen V8s head headed over there so uh, it's a book that's been put together in New Zealand you can buy it from uh, motorfocus.com.au it documents the the full history of the Wellington Street Race. And a lot of people ask us about the track now, but the reality is so much of that track is gone because of the development on the waterfront in Wellington. So uh, that's one to keep an eye on, and um, MotorFocus customers can grab a copy from your good self. Uh, speaking of customers, we've got some questions from our learned listeners. We only have learned listeners. We don't have non-learned listeners. I don't know why anyone says learned listeners, because you would hope that they all are. Uh, Wade's question. Will we ever finally see, Dimitri, a yellow glow XY or a Brambles red XW, Falcon, that is, uh, from Bianti? Now, he's got a couple of other parts of the question, but I'll let you answer that one first. Okay. Well, thanks, Wade, for your, your question. And what I think he's referring to here is, uh, well, classic collectibles have done the, the yellow glow XY and the XW in the Brambles red. But over the years, I've heard some collectors sort of say they don't like the shape of the classic collectible XY compared to the Bianti. So, and I, and I think that's what um, Wade's getting at there. Uh, and, and to explain that, back when these XYs and XWs were first made, they, were, they weren't laser scan uh, models. So it was, it was the perception of the artist that basically made that mold. So, he, and what they used to do is get a, a, like a ruler and take photos like thousands of photos of the car with that ruler next to it. So it was an interpretation and that's why there are slight differences as opposed to now when we see models, they're pretty identical because the newer technology. So I checked in with Bianchi to answer Wade's question and they don't actually have any plans to do the yellow glow or the brambles red in it in the XW, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, disappointing part. A of his question. Let's try B. Uh, what other cars could we expect from the VNSS Group A mould? Could we expect, um, for example, the colourful Lansvale car? Now, I, there's a few VNs here. They didn't last for very long in terms of their time as the, the Holden, you know, flagship Group A race car. But I think the, obviously the two mobile cars have been done of Perkins and Brock. But then there's the 92 car of Brock and Crompton for a time in number seven. There's the second car at Bathurst for, for Brock at 55. There's the GIO VN that Mark Gibbs raced, the Lansvale car that uh, Wade refers to. 
Terry Finnegan's Food Town car, Bob Pearson's Product car. And there were different variations of the liveries. Remember, too, Thomas Mazira drove car 61 for HRT. They only did three rounds in 1992. So there's actually quite a few variants there if you stopped and looked at it. But I reckon the one that is the quickest and the easiest to do probably wouldn't sell very well, but it wouldn't take much to prepare. Tommy Sahato, remember the Indonesian prince who was, some, was racing a lot at the time? Uh, he bought a brand new VN Group A from Perkins Engineering that they built for him. He took it overseas and raced it in, at home, but raced it at the Adelaide Grand Prix support races one year. It basically had his name and the number on it. That was it. It would be the fastest model car ever to put together. Surely that could be done. Well, wouldn't it be good to be a prince? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if they're going to make that one. but the Probably good not. News, probably not. The, yeah, the good news for Wade is I, I put a quick uh, call into Richard and, and Bianchi do certainly have plans to do more uh, VNSS race cars. Uh, I didn't press him on what, but... I was happy to know that they definitely are going to be using that tooling in the future. So uh, we got one bad answer and we got one good answer. Let's let's see how we go with the last one. Well, you could either really make his day or break it here with the tiebreaker third part of the question. Uh, as a he says, as a I'll start again. As a potential future discussion topic, what about the reasonings and all legalities of why the same car from different model makers comes out? with various moulding differences. So he says, compare the roof shape of, say, a Bianchi-produced VY, um, sorry, XY Falcon uh, against a classic-created one, for example. Yeah, well, see, we've already answered that question for him in, in part one. So, um, yeah, that's, like we said, it's, it's just the interpretation of the artist back in those days compared to the newer technology of making models. Now... The licensing side of things we covered in a previous episode and, uh, again, it's a can of worms and worth, uh, wait, just going back and finding that one and then having a listen to the the bigger answer that we were able to provide. And, of course, if you haven't heard our Motor Focus Model podcast before and you're a, a collector or just getting into collecting, go back through our back catalogue from episode one to episode 10 that this is. This is a, a podcast that we cranked up a bit earlier in the year, but... Some of the last few episodes, Dim, have gone off the charts on the, uh, on the download rate. And the one that got everyone's attention was our second-hand market talking about uh, those, those race cars that are non-Bathurst or championship-winning cars but are worth a lot of money, i.e. Um, they were produced in very low volumes or they had a unique livery or a driver that's gone on to become uh, a megastar. That's been our most uh, downloaded episode of the series so far. So if you haven't heard that one, uh, go back through the files and Wade, you will find that pod that we discovered. Uh, we just discussed, I should say, a bit about the, the licensing and, and the legalities and how all that stuff comes together. Uh, Rob Thompson is a regular listener, Dim. Uh, he says, look, uh, happy 10th episode. So he's guaranteed himself a question here. He said, look, with supercars using decal... Now, I say decal. Do you say decal or decal? I say decal. Oh, you're just different to everyone. Oh, I, look, you know what I'm Queensland. talking about? Yeah, it's a Queensland thing, eh? Um, uh, now, he says, with supercars, as in the actual real race cars, using decal panel wraps for the whole cars now, is it possible to use this practice on, say, 118th model cars? For example... If you wanted to wrap a model with a livery that hasn't been done before, 
I reckon he's got a particular one in mind here. He said, say if you had a spare 118 2002 Perkins Castrol Commodore and you had a decal wrap for the 01 season car that hasn't been made yet, would it be possible to do so? Well, Rob uh, is onto something there in the way that he brought to my attention that the 2001 Perkins cars haven't been done in model form. So, and it got me thinking why, and, and I can only maybe imagine that it was a crossover between Bianchi not doing Perkins cars and Classics doing it in 2002. So maybe that's something I can uh, delve into a little there in, in, the, in the coming weeks. But as far as um, doing a Code 3, you know, to, to use a whole decal wrap is, is difficult on the, on the smaller size. So I know uh, the, the, the Code 3 guys um, generally use a, a combination of paint, you know, some decals, some water slide decals. Uh, Big D's Customs up in Townsville, I know he does a fair bit of printed vinyl. Uh, that's the system he's worked out for, for, for his cars, but GR Customs and DC Customs would probably use, they wouldn't do a full wrap, um, to my knowledge. It's just a difficult process to, to get it to fit and... Um, and apply to a smaller surface area. So, you know, that's the best way I think I can answer that question for Rob. It's a good way of thinking, no doubt about it, but it's probably a bit too tricky to be able to, to properly implement. Uh, one last one. We've cut down our question list this week because we've had huge volumes of mail. We will have even more of it in upcoming episodes. Uh, Joel, thanks for putting on the podcast. I wanted to ask if any E-Series supercar models are planned to be made. And I've actually been asked this one a, a fair bit over the course of the year. Is there any interest in any of the model manufacturers producing those one-off, never-raced-in-real-life liveries? Yeah, look, I'm not aware of them planning anything at this stage, but I totally agree that they, they definitely should look at certain liveries and drivers and things like that. So I, I hope that we do see the odd E-Series car. Um, I think the, the biggest problem is is we're still waiting for so many of the real cars yeah. to, to, to come out. So to add more into the backlog just, just may, you know, create some issues. But let's hope that we can get back uh, on top of, of the release schedules um, now that we're sort of getting through COVID. Uh, and, and some of these E-Series cars can sort of pop up on a pre-order form in the near future. We'll keep our eyes peeled. Uh, thanks, everyone, for sending through the mail. Keep it flowing, though. Send it through uh, to uh, the Motor Focus Facebook page or post it on the, the various posts that get put up every now and then calling for some questions for our upcoming episodes. We do this podcast every fortnight, so the next one will be after Bathurst, the Wednesday um, after Bathurst. In fact, Thursday after Bathurst. So uh, good day, that one. It's my birthday. Hey, birthday hey. episode. So we're having our... 10th anniversary uh, episode, and we get a birthday one on the next one. So that's two cakes by my counting. Well, I think it's a great idea. I'll have half the chocolate cake. You have the other half. Fair deal? Yeah. yeah. Look, I'll get the cake and I'll send you, the, I'll send you half, all right? It's so kind of you. The missing half or the full half? No, I'll give you the full half, but <laughs> I'd rather that than you send me half a cake and I'm eating a one-week-old cake in a box. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. Although, having said that, with the mail as it is coming out of Victoria, 
uh, it'll probably go to five other cities before it gets to you. So it's probably about a four-week-old cake by the time it, mm. it hits you up there in Queensland. Hey, let's take a look. Uh, secondhand market's been a really popular segment on the podcast in recent times. And we've talked a lot of race cars, but on this one, Dim, we wanted to talk about road cars. And looking at some of the numbers that are here of values of some of these cars, these are rare and hard to find unless you've got lots of cash and it's easy. Um, and I reckon there's probably a few, actually, no, most of our listeners who've got any of these cars will know exactly what they're sitting on. But this is a good chance for us to have a step through of the ones that you should keep an eye on. You never know where you might be. You might be in a secondhand store somewhere and there's a couple of model cars that look out of the place with everything else that's in the store with prices on them that perhaps aren't what they're really worth in the real world and they're worth grabbing. So you need to keep your eyes open. You never know what you're going to find. So let's have a look at some of these. And the first one that springs to the list is the Holden Effigy. And I'm not surprised by this being high up there because this is a, a stunning concept car that Holden put together for the motor show. Yeah. So, you know, this section today is sponsored by Innes Price because he asked this question a few weeks ago. So <laughs> thank you to him. Uh, so, you know, I gave it a lot of thought and there's so many road cars that, that would fit this sort of um, segment, but I've kind of narrowed it down. But uh, so, yeah, Holden Effigy always springs to mind. So it was the first one on the list done by Classic Collectibles. We've talked about it in the past on the pods. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a $700 model all day. Beautiful model. Hard to find? Uh, yeah, look, it is. And uh, again, um, you know, they're out there, but people are going to be asking that sort of money to let one go. Holden fans, they love an A9X Tirana and the Bianti uh, version. The first colour they brought out was white, wasn't it? And that's, a, that's one to grab. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, and I think that, that that's the key to this one. It was the first one to come out and, um, you know, they would have sold out just as quick as, as any back in the day. Prices, you know, on this one climbed rapidly. They've come back a little bit now that we've got other colour variations to buy. So the the A9X Tirana, I, I sort of value sort of around the four to $500 mark. Something that's probably in the same sort of hitting zone. If you're a Ford fan, is the Bianti built XY GDHO Phase 3 in the track red. That's the very first 118th Aussie model ever made. So it's always going to hold uh, a special place in Australian model history, I suppose. But what are we talking there? 500, 600 bucks, somewhere around there? Yeah, I definitely value it at that. You know, again, in its day, uh, it was it was up to $1,000. But with other variations of colour coming, you know, people could then choose, do I pay 1000 for the red one or do I pay, you know, three, 400 for an orange one or whatever. So, but it's a really significant model and, um, you know, being the very first 118th model ever produced in an Australian car um, and it went gangbusters. So, you know, it's done with, um, you know, a good level of detail, particularly for that era. And uh, Bianchi have... Or Ottawa, who make them, have improved that mould over the years. Um, better door hinges. Uh, they've got the the proper bonnet, working bonnet hinges, and just just little subtle things. So they come a long way. But yeah, I'd still definitely uh, recommend that one for people's collections for the significance of being the very first. 
another one from Classic Collectibles is the Holden HXLE. Uh, that's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, well, it's it's a really unique sort of car in the way that um, you know the colour, the, the the famous sort of gold honeycomb wheels, you know, and there isn't colour variations of a HXLE. So there's one. And that definitely helps the value stay up because you, you just can't buy a different colour. Mm. So I'm going to put 600 bucks on that one. Okay. Uh, the VK Group A Formula Blue with the white wheels. So we're talking the blue mini here, aren't we? Yeah, that's correct. So it was originally done with the normal uh, silver style wheels. And then also the anti did a, a very low run with the white wheels. So both of them are very sought after, really nice models. Uh, sort of around the $500 mark, we'll get to the one with the silver wheels and I'm seeing the white one uh, probably getting another 100 or so more. Now, the car that's got, well, looking at the list here, it's probably just about at the highest value of any that are on this current page. But the remember the, the HSV GDSR, that striking yellow with the wing, uh, what was that a mid-90s production from HSV? Uh, Bianchi put that together some time ago and it's pulling good money. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's one of those, it's the only colour of that car. And um, I think I'm being a little bit conservative at the moment in valuing it at $800. Wow. So there's more to be, more to be had there. Well, they are just becoming one of those absolute must-haves by people to, to fill their, their hole in car collection. And, uh, you know, a lot of these prices I like to talk what I think it will sell for, you know, mm. but there's certainly people asking a lot more than that for one. It's a good point too, Jim, because there's, it's like selling model cars, real cars, all sorts of things. Uh, the old line is true. It's only worth what anyone's willing to pay. So I think that's a good point to make, that the prices you're discussing here are a genuine, realistic ambition. If you had one and you were going to sell it, of what you could get, um, you know, someone could sit there and say, this is worth $1,500, but it's not worth $1,500 if nobody's expressing any interest in buying one. So that's a good point to cover off. The numbers you're talking are realistic sale prices. Uh, in some cases, you might be able to get a little bit more for some of these, uh, but obviously you'll have to take more time or do some more advertising or uh, go through um, some pain along the way with people uh, maybe chewing up a bit more of your time to do it. Uh, Ford fans, we haven't forgotten you. Uh, BFGT, the 40th anniversary with the black and gold stripes from Bianchi, that's, that's pretty significant and pulling good money too. Yeah, it certainly is. It's, it's a really cool colour combo there. Um, it, it signifies that 40th anniversary. Um, it, it's a resin model, so they, when they were first released, there was you know, some hesitancy for collectors. But, hey, who would have guessed? You're probably going to pay 600 bucks for one these days. Yeah. Uh, Holden fans, a couple more here. Uh, the VL, of course, well, it's called the Walken Show. It's the Group ASV um, Batmobile, as it was in that uh, very distinct silver that was produced in uh, 1987 into 1988. Uh, this is – I think it's so funny that that car was uh, not hated by Holden fans, but it certainly – uh, was divisive. It polarised opinion, for want of a better term. It's a bit more of a Brock term than a, a HSV term, polarising. Uh, but isn't it funny how time ticks on? It's 30 years since 
the Walkinshaw VL Group A Commodore 1 Bathurst with Alan Grice and Wynn Percy. The road cars are worth good money and the model cars are as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, such a unique looking car. Uh, and again, the Walkinshaw came out in one colour. And uh, Bianchi made like 12,000 of, of these models. And, wow. And all this time later, they've been sort of a seven $800 model for the last 10 years. That's amazing with such a big volume. Yeah, absolutely. It, and, and again, just VL Commodore in general, I find uh, we get asked for a lot. It's actually really interesting, that just as a, a side point, there's only ever been, am I right, and we might have talked about this on the podcast, I can't remember, there's only ever been two VL Walkinshaw Group A race cars ever produced in 118 scale. Yeah, that's right. So you've got the, the, the Bathurst winner for 1990, and then I think it was the year after the FAI-sponsored car. Oh, yeah, the, the Grice-Percy FAI yeah. car from 88. That's right. It was two car two, yeah. yeah. But you think of the variations of uh, VL Walkinshaw cars that raced around that time with Perkins and HRT and all those privateers, and uh, yeah. oh, the potential there is, is huge. Anyway, let's stay in... The road cars, though, uh, VL Group A in the permanent red Commodore, uh, the last of the Brock uh, Group A homologation Commodores. We're talking about $500 for, for, for one of those. That's about the mark? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, again, the, the Group A only came, was only made in a permanent red colour. So, you know, it uh, makes it a, a, a rare model. Uh, and just to cover off, too, the, the next model on our list is the the Commodore VN SS Group A in the Jarif Red. And again, one colour, well, saying that, there's a white one just being released. But yeah. <laughs> um, as far as what we saw on the road, you know, there was only one colour and such a cool-looking model. I, I just, great memories of seeing them on the, on the road for the first time and just seeing that body kit and just thinking, that's a race car on the road. How cool is this? Uh, so the model these days, yeah, easy $500. Yeah, there's actually a couple of sneaky black ones that were produced for a Tui's 1000 yes. TV competition, and those two cars are, uh, are still around in the hands of private collectors. But uh, Ford fans, let's switch back to you, because you can. when we start talking Holdens, the Ford fans all start fast-forwarding the podcast. <laughs> and when we talk Fords, the Holder fans fast-forward. So uh, Ford fans, XA Phase 4 in the green from Classic Collectibles. Interesting car, still good price too. Yeah, really cool model this. Um, as... The history shows, I think there was only four made it out onto the road. Um, so this particular green one, uh, quite unique. And uh, Classic Collectibles knocked that out a few years ago. And, you know, if you can find one, you might have to pull 600 bucks out of your pocket. Okay. Deep pockets, big pockets. Mm. Um, we, we like pockets because that's where we put our, our money. So that's, they're good. Uh, XC Cobra. Yeah. but there's two versions of this yeah well there's there's so there's the normal xc uh falcon cobra and then what we call the option 97 which was i think there was only about 30 of them made and they were generally uh headed to bathurst as race cars and uh both bianti and classic collectibles have made the normal cobra and the option 97 so i'm just going to throw all these together and just say they're all really cool great models and you're going to pay 500 to 700 for for any of those cars. Okay, Holden uh, HX Sandman 
panel van in the mint julep. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I, I think get, it I get, Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get this wrong. A, a Sandman panel van is always going to get attention. Yeah, mint julep sounds like something you get on the side of a, your meal at an expensive restaurant. But, but, I, I wouldn't know. We're not allowed to go to any cheap restaurants, let alone expensive ones here in Melbourne. Oh, well, hang in there, mate. I know. Uh, yeah, so there. I really wanted to mention this, this HX Sandman. Like, Bianchi have made lots of uh, colour variations, but this one just seemed to just go through the roof. Uh, and and I, I'm trying to work out why, but I think it's just a really cool colour combination of the car and, and, the, and the, the distinct Sandman stripes that uh, adorn it. Um, so for some reason, the uh, mint julep car is pulling about $800 these days. That's handy. That's very, yeah. very handy. But like all things in life, any topic, there is a holy grail. There is a wowee. If you see one of these, this is unbelievable. And sorry, sorry, Holden fans, just, just stop for two seconds. Still listen. But just come back in a minute. It's an XY GDHO Phase Three, but this one's with a difference. Yes, this is. So gather around, and we'll 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 talk the folklore that is the Phase Three White Twin Mirror Falcon. Uh, now most collectors will will know a little bit about this car, but it's a hard one to get the real story behind because um, it was a complete accident as such. So after they released the track red. XY, the very first one, they sold out so fast, uh, Bianchi decided they'd do a, a special run in a white to give to the dealers to put on show to help pre-sell following models. So there was a run of 700 white and the certificates were signed by Trevor Young. And out of this 700 run, we don't, no one knows, but there's approximately 120 odd cars they believe that went through the system because they were leftover parts from the previous one that came out with uh, two mirrors. So it had the passenger mirror as well as the driver mirror where some of the cars uh, that Bianchi have done over the years have only had one or two. So so this particular one was was looked at like it was absolute gold, like like panning and finding gold here in a store and Technically, the shops weren't supposed to sell them. They were their display model, but eventually they did. So in the, back in its day, uh, you know, $3,500 is what you paid if you could what? get... Yep. For an extra car. mirror on your car, model car, it added, what, three grand? Yeah. That is well, crazy. It yeah, it was the rareness of it. So it was like a, uh, a factory mistake that... Collectors. I'd, be, I'd be making mistakes like that all the time if I knew that's what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> uh, but I know of over the years people doctoring up a car and saying, I've got a white twin mirror. Oh, I'm sure there's been a bit of that going on. <laughs> but the, the kicker is definitely uh, the certificate is of 700 and it's got Trevor Young's squiggly little signature on it. And um, so eventually Bianchi did make a proper run of white and uh, I think 3,000 or something like that, maybe more. But uh, that, is, that is the folklore of the Twin Mirror White XY Falcon. So, so if it was three and a half in the day, Dim, what is it worth now? What would you expect to, yeah, to look, see one for? 
Yeah, it's it's a hard one because I haven't seen one for probably five or six years. So does that make it worth more or does it mean, you know, is the demand gone? So I'm going to say if you had one and you were going to sell it, I reckon you're going to get around two grand for it. Cool. There's a few people now starting to look at their collections and wondering what they would like to buy. And if they've got that one, they're thinking, will I maybe trade that one out and get something else? Interesting. That's cool, isn't it? There's so many stories uh, from all these different cars. A couple of honourable mentions, though, that haven't made it into the list today. Yeah, I didn't put these in the list, but I, I certainly wanted to, to mention, uh, you know, the Bianchi Street Machine series that they're doing, super popular, um, and they can range up to sort of $600 as well. The, the most recent uh, releases by Bianchi in the HSVW1 range, I'm seeing them, you know, they released two colours and they're already, you know, four or $500. So good news about the, the W1s is we are going to see more colours coming through and, uh, again, get that, get that uh, pre-order button going and, um, and, and secure one so you don't miss out. We are going to hammer our listeners into submission by the term pre-order. People will be having nightmares in their sleep. Pre-order, pre-order. That'll be us. Because if you want to yeah. get your model cars in the future, you don't want to whinge and complain that you've missed out, make sure you pre-order and then you won't be missing out. Hey, that's a really cool second-hand market segment. I think a lot of people will get a lot out of that. And, and, and those who maybe don't have any of those cars will keep an eye out when they're out and about at swap meets and second-hand places and eBay and here and there. I think there's a lot of people out there that know what they've got, but there's plenty who don't as well. So there's some interesting opportunity. Seek and ye shall find is the, uh, I think, the motto that we should have on this podcast. Yeah, look, it, nothing better as a collector when you know what things are worth and you visit a new shop or you're at a swap meet or something like that and you see a rare model that's well under price and you kind of feel obliged that you have to buy it and then on sell it and uh, <laughs> it might pay for another car in your collection so have some fun with it and um you know that's a big part of uh of the model world is is our second hand market oh you feel obliged it, you make it sound like you're doing them a favor you're just such a great bloke great bloke yeah. Yeah. oh shucks oh shucks now i mentioned at the start of the podcast that uh, this is our last podcast before the Bathurst 1000 this year, which is on Sunday, October the 18th. Of course, it's a very different uh, race this year. It's a very different event given the COVID-19 scenario. Uh, and for the first time in a long time, uh, you won't be there. I won't be there. Uh, no motor focus uh, representation on the ground given the, the restrictions this year. Yeah, unfortunately, the Bathurst trip will be off now. Um, I believe there all the merchandise people that are going to Bathurst will be in the township rather than at the track. Obviously, uh, our border hasn't opened yet back to Queensland, so I'd be forced to stay in uh, New South Wales for a long time and uh, with, our, with our vehicle and trailer. So it's just logistically too difficult for us to be there, unfortunately. So for the first time in a, in a long time, I'll, I'll be able to um, kick back on the on the couch and, and watch the race and uh, enjoy it that way. You and me both. It will be a very different great race, I think, for probably 98% of people this year from what they normally would do, whether they're at the track, whether they're working at the event, whether they've got a road trip or they have an annual pilgrimage with their mates that they drive from various corners of the country. It will be 
uh, a very different race for, for everybody this year. But the fact is, it is on and that is the great thing. So you'd probably expect that the TV rating should be pretty strong for 2020 as opposed to, to pretty much any other year. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, look, it's like you say, it's still the greatest race. And uh, the difference, I guess, is all the alcohol and sausages that are normally sold in Bathurst will be spread out all over Australia. That's true. Uh, there's probably, uh, I know we'll all get back to Bathurst for an event in the future to, to stick some money into that great place because it's, that's the boom week for Bathurst is October race week with the, the local businesses and the, the accommodation and the, oh, the bottleos as well. They probably do a fair rebroading trade about that time, but we will all get back there and spend some money with the, the great people of Bathurst very, very soon. Our next podcast, Dim, uh, for the Motor Focus Model podcast, well, it's got to be the Larry Perkins episode. It's episode 11, so uh, we must <laughs> name it in, in honour of the great man. Um, it's coming up on Thursday, October 22. We release these every uh, fortnight on a Thursday, so if you are listening via uh, perhaps um, our, our website at VH Sleuth or through Motor Focus Online, you can pick up this podcast anywhere, Apple, Spotify, Google, all the places that you would normally listen to your podcast to go back through the old episodes. But next episode, October 22, we are going to talk secondhand market for the next few episodes with a Bathurst flavour. And we're going to start with the good old days before I was even on this planet. Uh, we're going to look at the first 10 years of the great race and the secondhand market, what you should have, what you shouldn't have, and what it's all worth. Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, perfect timing for us to rip into the secondhand market on on all the Bathurst winners, and we'll work our way through uh, from 1963 right up to 2019. It's going to be a multi-part series over the course of the next few podcasts. We'll do a decade at a time, so we'll start next time around with 1963 to 1972. So we're talking Cortinas, uh, Bob Holden's Mini, uh, Falcons, Monaros, Tirana. Uh, it's going to be a, an interesting one. And I've got a feeling that the numbers, the prices that are going to go next to some of those cars will be rather large just between you and me. Yeah, there will be some absolute uh, gems amongst it. And, um, you know, I can't wait to share the, my thoughts on, on the value of the Bathurst winners. Look forward to it. That comes up on episode 11 of the Motor Focus Model podcast. In the meantime, though, jump on the website, motorfocus.com.au. Join the Collectors Club, 5% discount. There's model cars, a few specials on the go, always something in the specials list on the website. Books, model cars, this, that, prints, you've got it all coming from motorfocus.com.au. So jump on the website, uh, $10 postage anywhere in Australia, and don't forget to join the Collectors Club and... I'm going to say it again. Pre-order. If you don't pre-order, you don't get the cards. Can I say it any clearer than that, Tim? Nah, that's pretty clear, mate. <laughs> I'm even going to go pre-order. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to go and send a pre-order to yourself now. It was that good. Hey, thanks again, mate. Great to uh, talk second-hand market with some of those great road cars. Lots of upcoming releases and lots of recently arrived stock with those retro supercars and, and a whole bunch. Thanks for the chat. We'll chat again in a fortnight's time.